This is 15 minutes with the doctor. Welcome to episode 31. Welcome to 15 minutes with the doctor. The 15 minute appointment where we share powerful stories from healthcare entrepreneurs and innovators so you can grow your idea of business. Uh-huh. So say hello to your host, Dr. Vinay Shankar. Dr. Vinay Shankar. Hi everyone. On this show We've got Jacob from Acurix. He is one of the creators of Chain SMS, a program designed for primary care to be able to easily and quickly communicate with their patients, video conference and send documents. I was inspired by how they developed new features to help all healthcare professionals in primary care over the space of a weekend in early March. The text-based service has proved a hit with many doctors. in a huge shift to virtual and remote consultations in response to the coronavirus pandemic. I hope you enjoy the episode. Stay safe and be kind. Welcome to the show Jacob. Thank you for coming on. Thanks a lot for having me. So, let's head straight into it. Could you tell us a little bit about Chain SMS and the key features? Yeah, absolutely. So, Acrix Chain is some software initially built for GP practices to communicate with their patients. So, what it's best known for is making it really easy to send an sms message ad hoc straight to a patient it could be about anything it could be sending patient information it could be a test result it could be asking someone to book an appointment that's what people know it best for over the past 6 weeks we've added quite a lot on there so we've added more um, flories which are like our surveys for collecting data from patients which some practices are familiar we've built the ability for patients to be able to respond to your send documents to patient we're monitoring for covid and then also video consultations so there's quite a lot that's gone in recently and also quite a lot more coming soon i'm obviously interested in the covid aspect of things that's when i first learned about it but before we dive into that i want to go back a little bit and learn why you wanted to develop it first before all the issues around covid set off in the uk yeah of course so rewind about 4 years when i met lawrence my co-founder we actually started working on antibiotic prescribing so huge problem facing modern medicine and built a product decision support product that pulls in guidance from phe from bnf from your local formulary from nice and let you determine if an antibiotic is indicated according to guidance Uh, guidelines and then also if so which one's most appropriate and then let you send advice to a patient at the end both you could print it out and you could also send it by sms um, and we learned loads of things from doing that we learned how to integrate medical record systems how to get, you know deploy software into gp practices and things like that but really really struggled with use we really wanted to build something that was useful every time you interact with a patient and we'd had a lot of feedback that the most valuable part of that was patient messaging the advice part of the end so that that was about 2 years ago that we launched chain sms and we were very keen to you know have as much impact have it as widely available so unlike all the other software in healthcare we went well, that we have to build something that practices can just set up from our website themselves and and adopt themselves and so spent a lot of time working on making that as easy as possible with all the different NHS IT setups in in different areas but as a company we really believe that healthcare is a communication industry and that's what 
most people are doing every day is, is communicating, whether that's arranging a referral or just understanding a patient's concerns or coordinating care or getting information to a patient. It's all communication. So we're trying to build a platform on, on which all of that can happen. And messaging a patient is kind of the first part of that. But a lot of what we're working on now is things like being able to message colleagues and acute provider or community provider or things like that. It's really interesting, your point about communication, especially in general practice, compared to other specialties, say hospital medicine, a lot of what we do in general practice is all about communication. And to me, when I first came across Chain SMS, I thought it's quite a simple tool that can help in in so many ways. And the setup as well, I found really quite easy to do away from any central authority like the local IT teams or the CCG or something that we could kind of implement ourselves. And I think that's probably helped you with adoption as well. Yeah, especially spent all of 2018 trying to make it really easy to set up if you've got certain admin privileges or certain firewalls or certain internet speeds or browsers or all these different challenges trying to make that work. And yeah, the simplicity of messaging a patient is something we've really tried to maintain as we've added in more features and made the added the ability to let you do more things. We've tried to keep it just as simple to if you want to tell a patient that their vitamin D is low and they need to go to the pharmacy and get some vitamin D, you should be able to do that in 30 seconds. And so we've, we've tried to keep that, that flow really, really straightforward. I wanted to just go back a little bit. You sound like you've had an interest in health for some time. Have you had any health roles or is it just some a passion of yours? Yeah, so before Atrix, well, I started out actually at university doing a lot of quality improvement as part of my degree. So I was in the, in the local trust in Oxford doing improvement projects and also did biomedical engineering as part of my degree and then went into management consulting, doing projects in healthcare and to be honest, got quite frustrated because a lot of the projects we were doing weren't actually improving health or efficiency. They were trying to drive up activity. And that you know, that ultimately comes down to how incentives are quite often in healthcare, particularly in you know, secondary care, not that well aligned. So that got quite frustrating to the extent in like value-based, outcomes-based care, tangible care. And then, yeah, went into starting efforts with my co-founder as yeah, as I mentioned, focused on antibiotic prescribing to begin with. So quite a lot of experience there also around healthcare management. I'm really, really interested in like systems of care and human factors and design and how do you really fit things into a workflow and how do you make adopting change really easy for people? How do you really empower people so that they can innovate? So the thing we, we really like about JSMS is when we hear all new and exciting use cases that people have come up with that we never would have dreamt of, but we've given them something quite generic that's enabled them to innovate. That's interesting. Let's go back to the product. As I mentioned to you earlier, I learned about Chain SMS some time ago, actually, but hadn't actually got around to implementing it in my practice. And there came a day because of coronavirus that we literally switched to total triage system where we take all calls remotely and see all patients in that type of manner. You've built features that I think have been invaluable and essential to general practice, uh, not just myself, but lots of practices around the country very quickly. Tell me about that journey and how you mobilise so quickly. Yeah, of course. So I guess there's, there's two parts to it. One is we've spent a long time building really, really good 
infrastructure. What I mean by that is everything from how we update our software automatically on everyone's computer to how we do user accounts to having a really efficient support team to having really good integrations, not just with the medical record systems, but with NHS login, NHS mail and the spine and things like that. And also having really tight processes around clinical risk management, how we review things around information governance, around cybersecurity. So that's one part of it is just by focusing on doing something really simple, but doing something really well for a long time, we've been able to build up a lot of that infrastructure and capability. The other part is, unfortunately, I'm very privileged to work with the team who are really motivated, really want to help our users and pulls out all the stops to get things moving. So we decided on the first week of March, I think maybe the 5th of March, that, that Friday, that we needed to help practices respond to this, so 6th of March. So we were talking to practices at the 6th of March who were saying that they were calling up patients individually to, uh, before an appointment to check their travel history and if they had any symptoms. And that they were also wanting to start to reduce face-to-face contact. And this was before any announcement around move to total triage has, has come out. This is before a big jump in cases in the UK. We went that Friday lunchtime, right, we need to build something, we need to build it fast. Let's try and get something out for Monday. And a few of the team worked through that weekend to build both the triage flurry for pre-appointment screening and then also video consultations. And with video consultations, obviously, it's, there's something that's been around for a while. There are quite a few other products for doing that each with their own merits. For us, we really wanted to make something that worked if you didn't have a webcam or a headset or you know you couldn't install Chrome on your computer because you could do it through your own smartphone. That, that was really important. And then also something that the patient didn't need an app, they didn't need a login, they could just follow a link and use. And that's the case. I mean, some patients, if they've got a much older phone, they will need to download an app, but generally... Most patients can do that with a link. And it also is just really simple to initiate. So you don't need to book an appointment at a certain time over video and the patient signs in and waits. But actually, you can be talking to the patient on the phone and just say, right, let's, you know, let's look at that rash or let's you know, have a look at your child you're worried about and, and things like that. So those are some, some decisions we made right at the start. Just from what we'd learned, we spend a lot of time in changing practices, obviously not at the moment because of COVID, but previously, you know, and in the future, we spend a lot of time at GP practices and had learned a lot of these sort of nuances around how they're likely to want to do video consulting. And then, so released both of those on the Monday, uh, tested it in the morning, released it to three and a half thousand practices using us in the afternoon, and then just saw a huge influx in demand. So in March, we grew from about three and a half thousand to about six and a half thousand GP practices. So over 90% of the practices in England. And then I've just kept, as a company, we really believe you can't just release something and let people use it and find workarounds. You've got to constantly be improving it and improving the quality and the reliability. So we, we do a new release of our software every couple of days, um, constantly making really small improvements. Most of them people won't notice because it might be dealing with a bug that only some users see, or it might be small improvement in speed in the background that you might that might not be as obvious, but have been really working on that, as well as all the other features we spoke about and also building out um, a hospital version as well. So we really want all frontline staff, not just in primary care, but 
MSK services, outpatient appointments, uh, speech and language therapists, even, you know, we've had an influx of opticians running MEX services using us and, and all sorts of different things like that. So have been mobilizing to really meet that demand too. And then with the other features, so things like document sending and patient responses, um, those are things we've been wanting to do for quite a while. This just really pushed us to move that as fast as possible because we became very aware that there was a very imminent need. You know, patients couldn't come in and, and pick up that uh, letter or pick up that sick note anymore because of the infection risk and there was just a very immediate need. I just find it fascinating that you managed to do all of this over a weekend some of the features described that I've found I've used a lot are definitely the video consultations and the attachment of documents and files up to three megabytes. That's been really essential when we've been trying to avoid contact with patients. How did you do it over a weekend? I'm just trying to get to that. How did you manage that level of change? Is that because you're a startup and you've got more agility or was it just hard work and graft from the team? So we do have a very agile team. So we're fortunate that means we can decide we're going to do something on Friday lunchtime and, and then start working immediately. Normally, we do plan work better than that, but we're also able to respond to things. And then the other part is having all that infrastructure that I mentioned means that we adapt very quickly. So because we've got those integrations, because we're able to release updates very quickly, it means we can adapt. Could you tell me a bit more about the numbers? You said you've now got 6,000 practices or 90% of practices in the UK. What about how many video calls have been undertaken and how many messages have been sent recently? Yes, so numbers-wise, we've got up to 7,000 practices, about 6,300 in England, and we're doing around 30 to 35,000 video calls a day, mostly in primary care, probably about 90% of them in primary care and about 10% of them in other settings, acute community. Patient messages, we're doing around 150,000 of those a day. Documents and patient responses are both sort of 15,000 a day. So, yeah, quite big numbers, but we've got very, all of our um, architecture is on the cloud, so we're able to scale things up very easily. So the only kind of rate limiting factor on our side is really our support team and their ability to respond to people's questions and help them get set up and, and things like that. They've been working incredibly hard the past six weeks. Those are some of the numbers we've seen. And what's the biggest challenge you faced as a startup providing support to healthcare during COVID? So the biggest challenge for our team has actually been the move to remote working, particularly at a time when a lot of companies are slowing things down. We're trying to speed things up. And so we're a very collaborative team. Um, you know, normally in the office, we spend a lot of time on the whiteboard together or discussing things over a coffee together. And actually moving to remote has been really, really tricky. But we have found some interesting you know, workarounds for that. So we've got a whole team call every day at 10 a.m. and 5 p.m. And we've had a user joining our 10 a.m. call every day for the past three or so weeks and just sharing their experience at the front line at the moment, also how they're using us, which has been brilliant. And can you share with us three unique ways you've seen chain used recently in the pandemic? Yeah, absolutely. So there have been loads of them and, and these you know, really make us happy when we see interesting uses. So some of the interesting things we've seen. So we've had some practices where they speak to a patient on the phone and that patient needs to go to A&E. Traditionally, they would have said, you know, okay, swing by the practice on the way. I'll, I'll prepare a letter and a summary of your notes to take with. They obviously don't want that patient visiting. So what they're doing is they're 
creating a summary of the record, say an EMS or system one, they're attaching that as a document and sending it to the patient so that the patient has a summary of their own record to take to A&E. And then they're sending a summary of the referral by SMS so that the patient can actually show that SMS to the clinician they see in A&E. So that's really interesting, you know, really great use case that of using different parts of the product, so the document sending SMS to um, find a workaround to the, the current situation. It's also really inspired us to look at how can we make record sharing easier and that's something we're working on at the the moment. Second really interesting use case has been adding in multiple people to video calls so in particular where let's say an older family member is in isolation and they might want to include a younger family member maybe as an interpreter or maybe just to involve them in discussion around that patient's health care and so the GP's been able to send the link to multiple people, copy that link, SMS it to another phone number, and then have a three-way consultation. So that, that's been really great to hear about from our users. And then one of my favorite use cases I heard about end of last week was a practice who, when patients do come in, when they, you know, they've been triaged first and practice has appropriate measures in place to see patients, instead of patients waiting in the waiting room together, they have signs up in the car park saying, please wait in your car, we'll send you an SMS when we're ready to see you. And then they text the patient, with, you know, ready to see you and in which room to come into, really reducing the risk of exposure to other patients and to, you know, surfaces in the practice, and things like that. So there's a whole range of them, but they, those are the three that jumped to mind that we've seen recently. They're really cool ones. I think I'll bear those in mind. You should have a website or a social media post or something about how it's been used uniquely or differently. That would probably help lots of other doctors as well. It's a really good idea. We're actually, we're going to start trying to do some webinars, less around our product specifically, more just around practices sharing how they've innovated. So we'll definitely get some of those in. The one that's just jumped to mind as well, we had a user tell us about yesterday, is they're now prescribing peak flow meters for asthmatics and then using our patient responses to get them to actually monitor, monitor their peak flow as well. So they're really interesting stuff. Do you think you'll see uh, continued use or growth after coronavirus settles down and the pandemic settles down? All the things that we've been doing are generally features we've wanted to build for a while. Obviously, the COVID-specific features like the triaging and monitoring are a, a bit more unique, but things like document sending and patient responses, and a lot of what we're working on at the moment, which I can talk about, it really helps during coronavirus, but it's not specific. That's because, going back to we think healthcare is a communication industry, well, actually, the need to communicate has only just become a lot more acute because things can't be solved face-to-face. So I think we'll continue to see a lot you know, that usage um, and we're continuing to bring out a lot of new features as well that we hope will you know, provide a lot of value to practices. In terms of growth, there's not much more we can grow in, in primary care. We've got almost all practices using us. Where we're really focused now is is in other providers. So one ask would be, um, do tell colleagues in secondary care and community and other providers about the service and how you're using it because it's, we really want to be able to support there too. Yeah, I presume you could also use it in other types of community clinics and maybe, you know, may potentially move beyond you know, healthcare to dentistry, those kind of things as well. Exactly. So we have now got dentists using us as well, but they're providing their emergency appointments and things like that. There is the whole range of uses, we're saying. What new features are you planning? Is there any that you can tell us about? A few of the things we're working on at the moment. So one is having 
So with patient responses, patient, you, know, you can let a patient respond to things, but you have to enable that. One is making it easier for practices to let patients initiate that. So if a patient just got an administrative query, instead of them phoning up and you know, sitting on the phone and then speaking to reception, having an appointment booked in to d- discuss what's often something administrative, they need the an x-ray request moved from this hospital to this hospital or something like that, that can just be done through a message the patient initiates. That's one thing. We're scaling up our pilot of messaging with other providers so that if you need some quick advice and guidance or if you need to message a community, you know, district nurse or message a pharmacy, a query about something, we want to make that as easy as it is to message a patient using us. So we've integrated with NHS Mail there the other provider doesn't need to be using Accurix, but the message arrives by email and they can reply by email. But on the practice end, you can save it all into the record and see it all in one place. And then the other thing we're, we're working on, I mentioned briefly, is making it really easy for other providers to access person information from a GP record, but in a really innovative, particularly from an IG perspective way. So instead of having to call up the practice and ask for a summary of the records to be faxed over or emailed over or something like that, we're working on a way where someone in A&E can request a patient's medical record and we'll actually message the patient with a code. And if the patient wants to give permission, then they can give that code to that A&E doctor for him or her to look up the record. So very different way to how record sharing is done now, where often the patient doesn't really know who's had access, they're not involved in that. But also in the practice, it's, it's quite hard for them to get an audit trail of, of who's been accessing things. With that, making it very easy for them to also then message the practice and say, this patient's arrived, what's their care plan, or things like that. Really exciting to hear some of those and the patient focus and the patient-centric aspect of some of those. So where can people learn more about your service and your product if they haven't already? Yeah, best place to go is accurix.com, A-C-C-U-R-X.com. And that's where you can sign up if you're not using us. And I'd really recommend our Facebook user group, Accurix Chain Community. And that's a really good place to learn about how other practices, other clinicians, other staff are using us. So I'd recommend those two places. And do, if you have any feedback, any questions, any feature requests, do please let us know. Like That's how we make our product better is by constantly um, you know, hearing from our users. Perfect. So I want to say thank you. Thank you for obviously coming on the show, but thank you also for developing and having a product for us to use in general practice on behalf of myself and my practice and probably lots of other GPs and healthcare professionals. Thank you. Not at all, Vinny. Thank you so much for having me. Baby
जगा 